Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. through uh, all of the seasons in the last 24 hours. I want to welcome everybody online. I'm glad you're with us today. This is coming live from the sunshine capital of Canada. I'm so glad that we can worship freely and we can. I just appreciate that worship team so much. Uh, starting a new uh, short uh, mini-series uh, called Think About It. I want to talk about the renewing of our minds today, and um, I want to just declare that uh, in these next few moments that uh, I can offer some help with your thoughts uh, if you're interested, and uh, I feel that we live in a time where more than ever we need to be keeping our thoughts straight. Um, Paul would say in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8a that we should think on things that are true, uh, many of you know there's lots of things that are only half true, um, things that are false. They will not bring peace to your heart if you're thinking on things that are half true. And, um, and I want us to uh, look in the word at things that we're invited to do. So I want to help you with your thoughts. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. Um, many of us, this is one of the things that pleases the Lord. It says, well, faith. Uh, it's impossible to please God, but with faith we can please Him. A faith comes by hearing, uh, not having heard. Faith comes is a current thing. Faith is a fresh thing. Um, it's not necessarily a feeling, but it, but I know what happens, and especially in a service like this, as we gather together, uh, if we're not careful, we can just go through some of the motions, or we can move in the power of the Spirit. And, and obey what he says, and faith will rise as we do that. That's what happened in the, in the first service. That's what will happen in this service as well. So faith will come by hearing. I think it was Dr. Carolyn Leith that said we think on an average about 30,000 thoughts a day. We're not quite sure who counts those. I wouldn't want to be, I don't know who does that. And we're also told that about 70% of those are negative. Um, I'm under the conviction that when we change our thinking, we can change our lives. Uh, the Bible is pretty clear about that, I think. I think that many of the illnesses, uh, some would say uh, as high as 80, even to 90%, uh, uh, the illnesses are stress-related, which, which uh, is a result of how we think. And, um, and I think personally that when Jesus bore the crown of thorns on his head, Part of that was for the renewal of our mind and our thinking processes. Um, so I want us to look at a few passages of scripture, and uh, I want to lay hands on a few people this morning, and uh, I want to talk to you about what, uh, the, to think about it. I want to talk to you about the, our mind, our thoughts, because our thoughts uh, will determine our actions and our behaviors. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 says, and as a man thinks, so is he. That is a very profound thought. As a man thinks, so, so are we. 
you are the sum of your thoughts, and your actions are the result of your thoughts, our behaviors, and our, even our physiology, the way that we feel, the way that we move, are the results of our thinking. So if we can get a hold of our thoughts, we can get a hold of our life. Uh-huh. I believe that to be true. Um, our, our thoughts are our prophets. Um, Jesus would actually uh, remind us that adultery actually was a result of thinking. He would say that adultery was a function of our mind and our thoughts. He said, once you think about adultery, the next thing is just a matter of time before that works itself out. And so our thoughts actually are prophets of our future, but they're also the librarians of our past. Some of us are so stuck back in that library of experiences that we've had. And so what happens for us is that there's a process by which we begin to act. And it's largely determined by the information we've been given, the, the, the things that we've been taught that form our thinking. But it actually is also about the emotions that we feel that are connection, connected to those thoughts and uh, also experiences that we've had. So the good news is that when we reverse engineer that, we can have an encounter with the Lord. Our emotions can change as a result of our thinking changing as well. So this is a very powerful, powerful uh, and very practical message I want to share with us today. I'm just going to use as an example Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20, 21, and 22. I happen to uh, collect words, and one of the words this week that I was thinking about was gravitas. And uh, gravitas has to do with gravity and has to do with weight. Here's what I want to share. Point number one is the gravitas of God's word. There's a weight to his word. And so we're told in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20, first of all, my son, I like that. My son, be attentive or attend to my words. Here's what's important about this. Many of us read the Bible. The question is, do you attend to it? And then he says, and incline your ear to it. And those of you who have pet dogs uh, think that when they go like that, they're inclining their ear to But this isn't, this isn't what he means by inclining your ear. He, he means something different than attend to it. What is that? I know. It's an interesting question. It's more than just reading. He says, and then, and then the next thing he says is incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Hold it. I'm, I'm hearing. No, no. He says, see them. Have you, do you see the power of God's word? Not that we just read it, but we begin to see it. Uh, lots, of, lots of sports people know that they can rehearse things in their mind, the golf swings and the baskets and winning and, you know, hockey players. And they rehearse in their mind. And it's the same as them actually being there. One test was done with basketball players, some of them who actually were out on the court and those who were in a back room just thinking about the basketball game. And their bodies had the same effect, if you can imagine. So I think about working out rather than going through with it. But, but it's true, uh, but here, here's what I'm saying, is I'm talking about the power of our thoughts and how important it is to get a hold of our thoughts. So he says, don't just attend to them and don't just incline your ear to them. This is the word of God. 
But he says, see them. Don't let them depart from your sight. Do you, have you ever seen the word of God? You've seen what he's trying to get you to or trying to take you into. Part of the visualization of the children of Israel, I'm going to take you to a land of milk and honey. What would that have looked like? I guess milky and honey, I don't know. But it's interesting to me that because our, we're visual beings and we, we form images and allow our imagination to begin to look and see what the future is like. Um, this is important, to incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. Does anybody under, know where your heart is? Not your physical heart. He's not referring to a physical heart. But he's obviously saying something about attending to the word of God, inclining your ear to the word of God, seeing the word of God. You see how, what am I doing? I'm trying to change the way that we think. This is changing the way that I think. What am I doing? I'm essentially meditating out loud on the word of God. I mean, I'm allowing it, I'm allowing it to be my daily food. I'm, I'm hearing what the word is saying. It's saying, and I'm seeing, and so much is happening in these two little verses. Here's the, here's the problem. There's, there's lots of sources of information out there. So we get to choose what we're going to believe. But your thoughts, what you're thinking about, if all you're watching every day is rebel news, chances are you have a certain thought process as a result of that. Or you may be watching CNN. Or you may, my point is you should be sitting with the Word of God. Letting that be the thing that directs you. It doesn't say attend to the news. It says attend to the Word. It's our only plumb line of truth. Something happens when we allow the Word of God to become part of us. What might that be? I'm glad you asked. It says, for there they are life to those that find them. What does that imply? That there's a search. The, the word, this word, as we attend to it, as we see it, as we incline our ear to it, as we don't let it out of our heart, and we begin to look, it says it when you, there'll be life to those who find them. That means that they're not just on the surface. We have to dig for them. Are you with me? And it says that the next thing that will happen once you allow the word of God to get a hold of your heart and your sight and your eyes, it says then it will be healing to all of their flesh. You all know that you got some flesh. Some of us have a little bit more than others. I'm, I'm referring to, it says, wait, no nudging. It says that the word of God, when we've attended to it, when we've seen it, it will become health to all of our flesh. I know you want me to pray for it and you'll be healed. I know that. That'll just be a moment. You won't stay healed unless you're allowing the word of God to become health to all of your flesh. What if the results of us meditating on other things has resulted in complications physically of all kinds of things? I'm just saying he, if we reverse that and allow his word to become the, the, the specific metronome of truth for us, he said the benefit or the reward would be health to all, not just parts, all of your flesh. Anybody interested in being healthy? Man, am I ever interested in being healthy? Now, did you get what I said? 
This is a big deal about letting the word of God incline our ear to them, keep them, and look for them. And when we do, they will actually change our physiology. Many, many people are looking for hope today. Many people often come to church looking for hope. I just want to say the hope, our hope is not found in a worship song. It's not found in another sermon, as loud as that might be. Our hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ and his word living and dwelling and growing within us. That's where hope is found. Hope is not found in a politician. Hope is not found in a vaccine. Hope is not found in anything other than Jesus Christ and his word. Everybody agree? That's a, this is a very important thing because I'm, I'm coming to something. Because if the way we come to something determines what we get out of it many times. Did you know you can come to church with a critical heart? And the convicted were silent. We can come to church with a hard heart. We can come to church because our parents dragged us along. We come reluctantly. How you come to something determines how you respond to it. Did you know you can come to a marriage selfish? Everybody comes to marriage selfish. It's meant to heal you of all that. It says, it says that the Bible tells us uh, very specifically how we're to approach or how we're to come to an elder. It, we're told how, we, how we're meant to approach those of the opposite sex. It, it tells us how we approach them. Here's, here's the point I'm trying to make. How you approach the scriptures will ter determine a lot of how you respond to the scriptures. This is not just God's word. It's God's word to me. It's God's word to you. It's not just God's word to somebody else. If you come to this grudgingly, reluctantly. If you, it's the number one way that we hear God's voice. It's the number one way. When we come to it believing that it's God's word for me moment by moment by moment. Here, here's what can happen right now. Faith can be rising in your heart because you're hearing the word of God. And it can begin to rise. And a hunger for his word. You may not make a commitment this morning that I'm going to I'm going to read for three hours every day. You may not make that commitment, but what you might do is when you approach the word tomorrow, rather than saying, ah, it's just another word, you could rip all the pages out of here and it would not change the word of God. It's, it, it's God's word for us. And it's, the, and it's the, the only way that we renew our minds. You can be renewed and you can be transformed by listening to other people but it's not going to form you or shape you into the image of God unless we dwell in his word and allow, it to, allow us to see it and attend our ear to it and allow it to be real for me. Ultimately, we have to look to the word of God, that our daily bread, that it's God's word to me. It's not God's account of, not simply an account of what God's up to historically. It's much more than that. It's God's heart revealed to me every day. Moment by moment, day by day, we need to not just read through it. We need to remember that John chapter 6, verse 63 says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. 
When we come to be nourished by the word of God, we have to remember that it's more than just another word. It's God's word and it's spirit. How does that work? I'm not sure. But I know when I tend to it, it actually has an effect on me and, and the way that I go about my day. What a promise that it can be health to all of my flesh. It's not just any word that has power. I personally don't think that God can break his word. Well, if he could, he'd be lying, wouldn't he? He said, this is, the, he, he set it out, he's put it in place. I personally don't think so. Um, what are the implications of that? I believe that all spiritual warfare begins and ends with our thoughts. Biggest battle you'll ever fight is right between these two ears. What happens in here? That's the biggest battle you'll ever fight. We think that our battle is against Satan. How much power does Satan have? As much as you give him. If he was so powerful, why does he have to use seduction and deception and deceit and lies? If he's so powerful, why doesn't he use force like Premier Ford? <laughs> Sorry. Here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to make more force. More. How does that, has that ever worked in any relationship ever? We're going to put more force, more force. <laughs> sorry. I didn't, well, I'm not sorry, but I mean, it's just, hello. Um, goodbye. <laughs> sorry. Satan, his, his influence, honestly, his influence, he, he can't read your thoughts. But he can sow thoughts into your mind. And if you don't have anything to fight against that, you'll believe them. So, so if, if, just say if, for example, that he is under Jesus' feet. And just for example, if I am in Christ, where does that put Satan? Firmly and securely underneath my feet. And yours as well. He is not as fierce an enemy as Hollywood has made him to be. But I'll tell you who we're meant to hold in awe and reverence, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's powerful, and he's, he has all authority. So here's, how, here's what I, I want us to talk about. Point number, point number two, the gravitas of God's word. Point number two, you knew I was eventually going to come to this. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. I'll read from the um, uh, ESV first. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What an interesting phrase, a living sacrifice. We sang about it this morning. Lord, what do you want? I'm all yours. I surrender. Living sacrifice. What are we doing? We're offering everything to him, our bodies. Part of our bodies has to do with our mental capacity. Am I right? We're to offer our thought life as a living, it's alive, it's way too alive, actually. We have to, we're to surrender that part of us. Well, and the, the benefit from that, that's a spiritual, spiritual worship. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that by testing, you may discern what is, the, what is the will of God, the good and perfect and acceptable will of God. I don't personally think that there's three wills of God. I think there's one will. And I think that I'll never know that unless my mind's been renewed according to his word. And someone says, do you think God heals? I said, well, has your, what, do, what do you think? If your mind hasn't been renewed, you won't think he heals. Do you think God is peace? Without a renewed mind, dwelling on his word, meditating on his word, you won't know if he's peace. He says the only way we're able to prove what's the will of God, is he still healed today? Is he coming again? Does he provide for any of us? If we don't renew our mind, we'll never be able to test and prove his will. Pretty straightforward. So, 
This, this passage will literally change your life. It says if, we're, if we change the way that we think, we're able to change our world. Able, you want to change your world? You've got to change the way you think first. You, you are, we are, and our world, and we behave as a result of what we've already been conformed to. The word conform means to be poured into a mold. Um, my mom used to make a, um, um, a, a jello salad at Christmas. Yeah, Jay's head. Goes, did your mom make that too? Uh, she would usually use green jello. Have you made that one too? No, yeah. You're, you're good. You've spared your uh, kids some ministry. Uh, so you take the, and she, what happens is you make them, you put fruit in there, and you, and then, and then you put, you scoop it up, put it on your plate at Christmas time, and then you put it right beside the hot potatoes. You know what happens? Now you got green potatoes, right? Okay, uh, won't go any further on that, uh, or, or dietary restrictions. The point is this is that there was a spe- there's a specific mold that that gel was put into, and wouldn't you know it, when it sets, what's it look like? Here's the good news about that, is that we got, we got an opportunity to pick the mold. What mold do you want to be poured into? Because we are being poured into a mold. You're being shaped. Your thoughts are likely being washed more than your hands. You're being conformed. You're being controlled. You're being, by some force... I'm not saying what, and I'm not saying specific, anything like that. Don't send me emails. I'm just saying that we're being, we're being shaped and formed by something. How do I know that? Because when you came into the world, you were without, <laughs> form or void, I was going to say. Um, you were, you, you were, you were, your mind was clean, am I right? What, right? So what's happened? You've been shaped. You've been conformed. You've been poured into some mold. And you are the result of all of those, pro- those experiences, those emotions, and those thoughts. Here's, here's an insight. You and I are meant to be conformed to one mold. And that's the image of Jesus Christ. That's the mold I want to be poured into. You will not be poured into that without the word of God washing and renewing your thoughts moment by moment, day by day. This is, okay, so to be trans, these two words, conformed and transformed. Uh, the NLT would say um, about that, don't be, don't copy the behavior or customs of the world. When he says don't be conformed to the world, he's not referring to nature. He's not referring to the dirt. Don't be conformed to a tree, <laughs> the world. He's referring to a a system. Don't be conformed to a world system. Why? Because it's trying to conform you right now. And if you don't think so, you're already conformed to it. The the walk of a believer is not anti, it's not not against culture. Well, actually, it is against culture because it's not just, it's a complete counterculture. It's a completely different system. It's called the kingdom of God. And he says that you're functioning in one of these kingdoms. There's two kingdoms. Depending on who's the king and who you're bowing to depends on the system that you're serving. So this process, don't be conformed. Uh, don't be poured into the, the world's mold. And, and the NLT says the customs and the behaviors. I was, I was sent a nasty uh, note this week. Anybody else have a nasty note? 
Right? So my, I had an opportunity. Am I going to use the same system and send a nasty note back? Because I was locked and loaded, and I had information that I could use. That's like Yosemite Sam. I was ready to let, but here's what I chose to do. Bless them. It wasn't my first choice. Because that would have been part of a different system. Are you with me? We have an opportunity to respond to people out of one system or the other. And he says, I don't want you being conformed to that system. Well, you're going to be conformed into some system unless you allow the word of God to create a different system. We need a new operating system within this computer. You need an upgrade. We need, we need a 2.0. Good night. Because it's so easy for us to think with the system of this world. Are you with me? Let's try to help you with the whole process. And he says, when the result of that will be transformed. Metamorphoo, where we get the word metamorphosis, which is a good word to use because it's the process of going from a creepy, crawly, slimy, earthy worm into something that is ballet-ish. Something with wings that lives on top of the world into a beautiful butterfly. Completely different than the earthbound creature. Am I right? Metamorphosis. This is, where this is the word. You're not just a new and improved worm. You're a different kind. You're from a different system. But first, we need to be transformed. How? By the renewing the renewal of our thinking. Once we change the way we think, we can change our world. My thoughts are prophecies for tomorrow's actions and their catalogs of yesterday's experiences. The, our thoughts, I, wanna, I just want to make this kind of clear. He's, the world system, is, these are not necessarily like demonic, sadistic, satanic thoughts. These are not, when we're, when we're not being conformed, they're just earthly thoughts. So, so, so you're, you're, you and I are f flesh. Keep me going here. I can't hear you. We're, flat, we're, 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 fit, we're physical beings, right? The, word is, the, the Greek word is carne. And if you've had any chili con carne, it's meat, flesh. That's what it is. Thank you. So here, here's what he's referring to. He's referring to that which is of the five senses. The carnal man is functioning on what they hear, what they see, what they touch, and what they taste. Okay, what have you been seeing? What have you been hearing? Come on, you conspiracy theorists. What do you, what's going, right? Well, it, we're, we're meant to be conformed to a certain system. We're, we're meant to, if you're not careful, you'll be driven by your carne. You'll be driven by what you see, what you taste, what you touch. One of our most powerful senses, you know, for memory is smell. It's why God breathed, it says he breathed into his nostrils. Why wasn't he, did you ever wonder why he didn't breathe into his mouth? I think you're right, it shouldn't have been mouth to mouth, right? <sighs> breathed into the nostrils. This, is, this has the most powerful memory. You can have a smell. When we go on, on holidays, I buy a different cologne at Duty Free so we can remember that whole trip. As soon as I go, psh, psh, happened last night. Date night, well, every night's date night. 
We, we went to Portugal a few years ago. I bought this, I can't remember, a little yellow, no, it's brown. And <laughs> you know where I'm at? I'm back in Portugal, man. Man, that one when we went to the Cook Islands, I keep buying that over and over again. Because why? It has a power, it has a power to transport me. I'm talking about your f- spiritual senses as well. If we're led along like animals led to the p- p- slaughter, <laughs> if we're led along by our, our senses, I'm saying, he, and here's what he says uh, in Romans chapter 8 verse, uh, 8, verse 6, the mindset on the flesh is death. Do you believe it? This is, this is the word of God. The minds, just, just chew it. The mindset on flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. You've got an option. You want life and peace or you want death? It didn't say the mindset, a mindset on the flesh would die. When Eve took the apple, it, said, it says, this, when you eat thereof, you'll die. That, the day you eat thereof, the moment you eat thereof, you'll die. Did she die? She didn't die. She was separated from God. So you're thinking, well, I can get away with a little bit. Know what you've done. He said, look, man, I said, I, you know, I fired back another, hey, I didn't die. No, but something started to die in you. It started the process of death. There's a big problem when you can, uh, once I get through a speed through a school zone, I think, man, I, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. You've begun a process. Someday. And you'll be upset because you got caught. Help me out. It says, if, if my mind is thinking about the information it's receiving through the five senses, it's death. It's not the leading cause of death. It doesn't tend toward death. It doesn't even produce death. It says the mindset on the flesh is death. I don't know if you believe the word. I'm just trying to give you the word. I'm trying to change the way you think about stuff. <clears throat> I'm saying we have a thought process that can lead to life or peace or death. Well, I think I want door number one. That seems like a good option. I'm just going to think on fleshly stuff. I don't care. You get hungry, think about pizza. That's okay. But eventually, the changing of the way we think will change the way that we act. Are you? That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, I'm going to say a little bit more. Mind dominated by the spirit is truth and life. <clears throat> Since the beginning, seed was always in the fruit. When you eat the tree of information, the result is death. And has there ever been more information available? I, I, want, you to, I want you to just draw, draw your attention back to the two trees. One was information. The other was life. Two trees. Information. Life. In the fruit was the seed of what it would produce. One is an encounter, life. The other is information about good or evil. Do you, do you see what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to say that from a, that life is real. Information about life seems like life, but it's not. It's just information. Words that describe life are even further away from the information about life and even further away from life. But whatever tree you choose to eat from, the seed is going to produce that in your life. If you plant spirit seeds, it will produce life and peace. Sean, can I hear an amen? That was just a thumb. Was that? Lyndon, can I hear an amen? What do you want to grow in your life? 
Let's have a little more death. Uh-uh, I want life. I want health. I want hope. Well, you're not going to find it focusing on your five senses. Thank you. Preaching to this guy right over here. <laughs> Knowledge of something can be mistaken for something. That's profound. Somebody hashtag me on that. That's just... Why? Because your brain can't differentiate the difference. If I were to describe to you something right now, as I was typing this out, so I was writing this sermon, Kelly said, the bread is out of the oven. If you'd like a piece of hot bread, can you feel it? There's no bread here. Can you smell it? Butter's melting through it. If I could describe to you your, the first taste of a Granny Smith apple, that crunch, and then the juice. It's kind of sour and kind of sweet. Are you, are you tasting it? There's no apples here. Why? Your brain can't tell the difference if it's real or imagined. Do you see the power of this? Imagining you want to be healthy, but you've got unhealthy thoughts? Are you kidding? I'll tell you what that'll produce. More unhealth. If you can see God as your healer, if you can see him... If you can see it, you can believe it, your body will start to respond to that. Every time you have a thought, it releases hormones for your brain that think, I'm having that experience. This is how advertising works. You, have, you see something, you begin to emo have some emotion about it. What happens the next thing? You buy the thing. Because you, I'm just talking about, because you, this is how our brain works, our thinking works. Now, let's think about ourselves being whole. If you, listen, you know, when I, you meet people that are grumpy, I can tell you what they're thinking about. Grumpy thoughts. This is no surprise. You want to be, you want to be joyful? Stay in bed a little bit longer and see yourself having an awesome day, big smile, lighting the way. Think of a, think of a beautiful day. You want to know what's going to happen? It's going to be better than you sat there and thought about it's going to be a terrible day. I've had people tell me that their week was from hell. I said, well, there's an alternative. Let me, let me wrap this up. I want to be poured into God's system, God's mold. And, and this is more than a touch. I'm going to pray for people. People this morning were very touched. But listen, you can have a touch but not be transformed. We're transformed when we change the way that we think. <clears throat> Last point. The war zone that you and I are in the middle of is a war of our thoughts. Philippians would say, finally, brothers, one more thing, and I close this letter, fix your thoughts on what is true. If you're fixing your thoughts on how terrible these days are, how awful our leaders are, how desperate the culture is, if you're fixing your thoughts on those things, that's not, those aren't true thoughts. If you start thinking about all the news as actual truth, that's not what's true. There's a whole other thing going on. But you're going to need eyes of faith to be able to see it. Someone, I got a call this week from someone who was crying. The world was terrible and, and you know, everything went bad. They'd had a bad moment. But that didn't need to rule the day. So here's the truth. You are stronger than that moment. That's the truth. How do I know that? Because I've been sitting with the Word of God. 
How do, how, do I, how do I know that things are going to get better? How do I know that that person was angry at me? Did, how, how do I know that God don't have those same thoughts about me? Because I've been meditating on the scriptures. I know what his thoughts on me. He wants me to have hope and to have a future. That's his thoughts for me. Where'd I, get, where'd I come up with that? That's how you build a life that's unshakable by, by, by believing the scriptures that are unshakable. I'm saying something over and over and over again. Anybody, you ever ask somebody, you say, what are you thinking? They say, nothing. That's an impossibility. They just don't want to tell you what they're thinking. I don't want to know exactly what you're thinking right now about that thought. You're always thinking about something. You can't not think. Pardon the double negative. You can't not be thinking. You can have all kinds of things together. I can see the smoke coming out of your collar and your ears. You're all thinking about stuff. But here's, but you can't, even when you sleep, you're thinking. Doesn't mean that it's clear, healthy. Just that one thing. I know he goes on to say whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, think on those things. What if we just live this week meditating and thinking on the things that were true? Ooh, the world's coming to an end. Yeah, ultimately, but not yet. Let's enjoy our time here. He said, don't be worried. I've overcome the world. Has anybody heard that? Jesus said, I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world system. Do you believe it? Well, if you don't, you're going to have to meditate on a bit, incline your ear to it, pay attention to it, let it live in your heart, begin to see it, that God is overriding all of the garbage that's happening in the world by His Spirit. He is moving by His Spirit. Now, you got, if you're only going by what you see on CNN, what you hear, if you're only living by that, your things are desperate, man. Gosh, the mark of the beast is out. We're all going to be, who knows what we're all going to be. Just leave it alone. Think on what's true. What's true? God has promised us a future. What's true is, I've got, I, I lost a tooth this week, and my granddaughter said, Papa, was that a baby tooth? I said, I'm at the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> But that's okay. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. Kelly told me to stop whining, glue it back in, and get on with life. It was, it was good to fall. What is true? That truth, t- tooth didn't define my truth. <laughs> I had a cute little lift. <laughs> Finally, whatever is true. Finally, think about these things. Finally, whatever is true. Listen, let's respect the information. People go to a lot of work to fit, but it's all just their opinions. My invitation is to be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can prove the will of God. Truth has a feel to it. You hear something comes up on the news and people are messing around with statistics and all that stuff, That, which, by the way, 76% of them are made up on the spot. Somebody got that. The function of your mind is to preserve ego. The function of your mind is to justify that your opinions and your perspectives the only way Paul Peter Paul and Mary um, Paul said that we can actually have resurrection life but first what has to happen before you have resurrection something has to die Hebrews chapter 2 says that people are held all their lives by the fear of death. What's he referring to? He's referring to us laying down our lives. He's not referring to the termination of life. He's referring to those things that we hold on to because we believe they're life. 
Are you willing to lay down your opinion and your perspective and be transformed by the renewing of your mind? You don't need to believe everything you see, hear, touch, taste. You don't. Be careful. Salt and sugar look the same. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ephesians says, throw off the old nature and be renewed, be renewed in your thought. I'm going to pray for people this morning. There's really only one source of truth and, and one, the number one way to hear God's voice. And that's by studying and meditating and receiving his word. Declining your ear, paying attention to him. Um, I'd like us to commit to more time in the word. Why? Because there's more misinformation than ever around us. We need a source of truth. And the number one source of truth is the scriptures illuminated by the Holy Spirit. He will speak to you from his word if you'll meditate on it, if you will attend to it. I'm going to pray for people who have been, who have been specifically battling with a thought that they, a, a, a thought that's, that's led to, um, you know, keeping them down. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.